Hey everybody, you're listening to the Spartan Crazies, episode three. Uh, today we are going to talk about uh, football, talk about the bowl game that's going on uh, going on, on the 27th, and then we're going to talk about basketball, recap the North, uh, Western and Eastern games, and talk about the Western game coming up on Sunday. So I'm going to talk about football for a little bit, and uh, MSU is playing Wake Forest in the Pinstripe Bowl on the 27th. Um, they Wake for, MSU obviously did not have the season they were hoping for. Uh, really disappointing offensively and once again. Uh, the swapping of the coaching staff clearly did not work. Uh, I think D'Antonio needs to make actual changes and get rid of people. We'll see if that happens. If he does, I'm I guess I'm forgiving him another shot. But it's going to have to be like three guys at least that got to go. But if he keeps everybody, I you're going to you're going to hear me tooting the fired Antonio get him out of town train some more. Um MSU defensively has not been as good as most people would have hoped this year. Uh, they've been south. They've been pretty good. They haven't been elite like they were in 2018. But um, they take on a Wake Forest team who is solid offensively, but they're not good defensively. Uh, Wake Forest gives up about 30 points a game defensively. Uh, they're uh, Defensively, they struggle. Um, give up about uh, two, uh, 250 yards a game passing and 165 games uh, yards a game rushing. Um, they offensively they are solid throwing the ball. Uh, rushing, they average about four yards a carry. They're not great there. Uh, so. MSU has kind of struggled in pass coverage this year, so it'll be interesting to see what they do with that. Uh, I'll see. We'll see if Kalen Gervin gets some gets some run. Uh, obviously, Josh Butler's playing in his last game as a Spartan, uh, and Josiah Scott has been hurt a lot, but we'll see what he can do. Hopefully, he has a good game. Uh, I'd like to see them play some of the younger quarterbacks in this game. I don't know if that's going to happen, though. You feel like D'Antonio is just going to stick with the war game most of the game, even though he's talked about possibly playing younger guys. Um, I feel like next year going in, you don't want to have Rocky Lombardi as your starting quarterback because that's probably going to make for not a great season. Um, they, But I've heard some good th- things about uh, – Peyton Thorne, the guy who's a true freshman this year, he has not played this year. And uh, Theo Day, I think, is somebody who has potential. I don't know if he's going to wind up being the starting quarterback at MSU at any time, but I'd like to see either Theo Day or Peyton Thorne wind up taking the reins next year as the starting quarterback going into the Northwestern game. And that's something else to think about it. You start the season in a Big Ten game, and you kind of need to have a quarterback to go right away. You don't really have time to – Screw around and shuffle it. You got to figure it out right away. Um, but yeah, Wake Forest MSU was favored by three and a half the last time I saw. Uh, Wake Forest has lost th- 
three out of their last four games. They were ranked for part of the year, um, and they play they play they play in Clemson division, so they don't play in the Coastal, which is probably the worst division in college football in the Power Five. Uh, but yeah, I feel like this is a game <coughs> MSU should probably win. Um, <coughs> however, <coughs> I said that a lot. Said that a lot this year. Um, and <coughs> they wound up losing. So you really don't know going in. Um, MSU is vastly, like I've said, underachieved this year. So you just wonder what the motivation is going to be like going into this game. I feel like there were times where the defense got really tired of carrying the team this year. Um, it's it's been a rough year. I mean, the offensive line has dealt with injuries again all year. They haven't. There's a couple guys on the line who haven't really improved at all, even from last season when they struggled. So we'll see. I know they started three three true freshmen in the Maryland game, and I, I feel like some of those guys, like Devontae Dobbs, Nick Samick, those guys have shown some promise and you know hope for the future maybe. But this is something they've got to figure out quick. Uh, next year, I think is going to be rough. You know, you got a tough schedule. You got, I mean, Miami is, isn't that good this year. I don't know what they bring back next year, but you got them at home early in the year. You got to go to BYU. Uh, obviously, you got Michigan and Ohio State. You get, you get the, both of them at home. Then you got Minnesota at home in one of the crossovers, and you go to Iowa. So we'll see what we'll see what happens. Uh, I feel like this game, you just want to see the young guys get some reps, you know. Hopefully Trey Mosley can have another big game. Uh, MSU brings – I feel like this is a game that MSU really needs to get the young guys reps. You know, you got a guy like Trey Mosley who's played. They burned his red shirt in the Maryland game, had a big game. Uh, you really want to see those – like I said, those true freshmen on the offensive line play well. I'd like them to sit Dobbs for this game. Mark D'Antonio, I'm sure you're not listening to this podcast, but please, for the love of God, don't burn Devontae Dobbs' red shirt, damn it. I swear. I have gotten mad at you for plenty of things this year. I think you burning Devontae Dobbs' red shirt would be right up there with the things that you have done that have pissed me off this year. Please don't play him. Sit him. Keep his red shirt. There's no reason to play him in this game. That being said, MSU, you want to get the young guys reps. I mean, you've seen a guy like Noah Harvey who's had to step up for Joe Bocci, who's obviously got suspended for PEDs. Uh, like I said, a guy like Kalen Gervin, you know, he's a guy who's played a lot this year. Uh, redshirt freshman, you know, you want to see him get some run. Uh, this is a game, like I said, I feel like MSU should win. It would be nice to win. Is it the end of the world if they lose? Of course not. It's a bowl game. It doesn't really mean much in the grand scheme of things. But this is about getting the young guys reps. You know, you want to see they, – they burned Brandon Wright's red shirt. You might, might as well play him a lot in this game. Uh, I don't know. I, I'd like to see Trent Gillison, you know, at, do some stuff at tight end, you know, because you don't know how Matt Dotson's going to be next year. You lose Matt Seibert. Uh, so you want to see him have a good game. 
But I feel like, like I said, MSU should win this game. But I've said that a lot this year, almost leading up to the year. I was like, hey, they can go 10-2, you know, bring back almost the whole defense. Again, the offense, total garbage. You know, I, I, I was okay with the play calling most of the year. I didn't have a problem with it. But, man, I'm telling you, the, the development on the offensive line, an absolute joke. Mark Staten and Jim Bowman should go. They should not be on the staff next year. Bring in somebody outside. Please, don't, don't do another reshuffling, all that crap. Get rid of people. Fire them. They got to go. I, I don't care if you fire them. I don't care if, you say, if, you, if they say they took another job or, you know, somebody's retiring like Jim Bowman. Just get some people off the staff. You got to get some recruiters in here that, I mean, MSU's recruiting class this year was not great. They, And honestly, it's been dropping off for a little bit now. Uh, but, yes, hopefully the MSU can end the season on a high note. Hopefully it's not like the Red Box Bowl net last year where you got a 7-6 to six game and you feel crappy whether you win or not. Um. This is a this is a game MSU should win, but hey, what I care about is if some coaches are gone, and please don't burn Devontae Dobbs or shirt. I think that pretty much covers football. We're gonna move on to basketball now. Tim, take it away. <laughs> you need a moment to calm down. I got it out. We're good. <laughs> um, so you know, football all the way. Basketball moving forward. We are going to start with Northwestern. Easy first takeaway. Michigan State has one game on the entire conference. Um, one game, but you would rather have one game than no games, right? Uh, undefeated in conference, only team to win on the road. This team is with under Cassius Winston. They've been good on the road. Um, I predicted, as I'm sure most people did, this to be a win. Kind of ended ugly, but if we're being honest, Northwestern um, trailed all 40 minutes. Um, and the closest the game really was was at the end, where they're just, you know, fouling and shooting threes type deal. Um, wasn't extremely pretty, though. What do you think, Ryan? It wasn't pretty, but with the way the Big Tens went this year uh, with road games, MSU is literally the only team in the Big Ten that's won a conference road game. At the end of the day, that's all that really matters to me. They got, they went in there, they got the win. wasn't pretty, but they were able to pull it out. Yeah, so I think um, we can make it sort of a streamlined analysis. Um, one thing, if you were without looking up anything or looking at anything. What do you think we're kind of highlighting going into any game up until Northwestern? We were talking about we want to see better shooting, right? And then uh, I guess cut down on the turnovers. So keep those two in mind. This game, um, they were hitting shots. You know, Gabe Brown goes three for four. That was big. Aaron kind of struggled shooting three. Uh, but when Northwestern went to the, the zone – he was kind of carving them up inside and finding people open. And that's, you know, kind of – it seemed to feel like he had a level of comfort in that zone. 
Um, for the team itself, we shot 43% from three. Much better than the team average, right? Um, you know, that's progression. That's what you want to see. This was on the road. Um, and they got the job done. That's the most important part. Uh, other than that, you know, turnovers, 16. And this has been a common theme. 16 isn't too high, right? But, you know, they out-rebound teams. In this case, they had 48 rebounds to Northwestern's 24. That's literally a 2-to-1 rebounding average. Um, twice as many rebounds as Northwestern, twice as many possessions off rebounds. And so those 16 turnovers don't look nearly as bad when that's the case. And that's where the difference in the game was. You know, Michigan State shot their free throws really well. They did enough to win on the road. Um, was there any performances by any players that maybe stood out to you? I mean, Cassius was solid. Uh Six for eleven shooting, got a couple threes. Uh, Gabe Brown, like you said, hit those three, hit three threes, but three for four. Uh, you know, Marcus Bingham uh, doesn't get a lot of didn't get a lot of run in this game, but I mean, I felt like he was efficient. When he was on the floor. You know, he went two, he uh, went two for three, hit a couple free throws. Uh, Aaron, this is a game Aaron Henry really struggled with. Uh, I think everybody knows that. Six turnovers. Uh, missed on, like, 0 for 4 and 1 for uh, – 0 for 4 from 2 uh, from two and 1 of 5 from 3. Yeah, he uh, – but, uh, but, I mean, he's, he's – he, we're going to get into how his game on uh, Saturday in a little bit. Uh, but – yeah, he's he's struck. This is a game he definitely struggled in. He there was a lid on the basket for Aaron. Couldn't hit a thing. Um, I mean, really, it was kind of ridiculous. It was just bouncing all around the rim. Nothing would fall. But you know, he was he had eight rebounds, and that is an you know a big increase from what he had been rebounding at. And he kind of had a little bit of that Aaron Henry swagger. You know, it was everything but the ball going through the bucket. That's – and so when I saw that performance, I thought, listen, he didn't – he couldn't score, but he has a performance like that. There, it, it, Every night, that ball's not going to not drop every single time, every single night. It's going to start going in, and like you said, we're getting to how that did change. Um Cassius Winston was a stud in this game. Had a couple ridiculous plays. I mean, he's a superstar. His stat line, 21 points, six assists. Um, he was the difference in the game. If Cassius doesn't come to play the way he did against Northwestern that night, they might have lost, which is sad to say, but that's why he's part of the team. He's their star. Um you know, there's other performances. I want to tie a couple of the others in. Um, Kithier 
had a good game for the like the minutes he played. It's pretty productive. Looked good. He was probably the best of the the three in rotation there at the four. When I say three, the three guys, I mean. Um, but I want to tie this in because, of course, when people are hearing this, they're going to have the most recent performance in their mind, right? And these kind of do piggyback on each other because I think you saw some sort of progression from one to the other. Um, in the end, Northwestern made it a game a little bit. MSU shot well on the road, got the win. I think that's all we really need to say about that game, right? I, I was going to bring up Foster Lawyer and how he kind of got torched for that little stretch by Boo Booey. But to be fair, pretty much everybody on the team got torched by him. He scored, what, 25 points? Yeah. Um, Foster, he continues to be a defensive liability. However, I want to tie in some other things going into the next game. Um, so, Eastern Michigan. Uh, again, you know, for those who watch this, Eastern runs the 2-3 zone. It's not a typical game. You know, you're going to see a lot of possessions by MSU um, that are unique to playing against the zone, right? You know, they, they don't look this way against every other team. And so it's a little bit different. And maybe some performances could be misleading for all we know. But um, the 2-3 zone, the coach played uh, – he coached under Behan. So this is from the godfather himself. Uh, they, have some, they have a little bit of size on their team. You know, that uh, Toure guy, kind of a stud. I mean, he was athletic. He was big. And they were having issues with him. Problem was, is he still couldn't score. You know, he could get to the line, but then he would struggle there. Um, you know, we did preview that if MSU was sharp in their passing, and they did have turnovers, but some of those turnovers weren't were different things. You know, not necessarily like from the zone. Um, just guys getting stripped sort of deals here and there. MSU passed very sharp, and they're finding open guys. They're making an extra pass, and, I mean, this was utter destruction from the get-go. Eastern didn't break 10 points until a couple minutes left in the first half. I mean, they had to work so hard for everything. And also weren't hitting or converting when they needed to. The MSU was, I mean, this was men against boys. And keep in mind, Eastern Michigan was 9-1. and one. They weren't playing the strongest teams, but this was a team that had established themselves as capable of beating other Division One programs. And they got taken to the woodshed in East Lansing. Um, what do you think, Ryan? I uh, really impressive game all around. It was nice to see them break his own because I know people have PTSD from that Syracuse game in the tournament a couple of years ago. Uh, obviously, this team is completely different from that one, but unreasonable fan has PTSD from that still. Uh, 
it was nice to see Foster Lawyer hits come in and hit some shots. Uh, scored uh, 13 points. Uh, was three for four from three and hit all of his free throws. Uh, if, the, if they can, I like them playing him off the ball. You play him off the ball, you get him some open shots. I think that's the best role for him right now. Yeah. Okay. This was inevitable. We have to talk about this, though. Um, this was always going to have a segment on Foster Lawyer, this podcast. Um, it's been obvious to a lot of people Foster wasn't playing at a level that even looked Big Ten level. Um, looks entirely incapable defensively sometimes, like embarrassingly at times from some of these gifs or clips we see on Twitter. And I'm just being perfectly honest, aren't I? Yeah. If I'm being fair. And I've always been a person who's had his back in that he's not even halfway through his sophomore season. Okay. It doesn't look – it hadn't looked great yet, right? But who knows? In his, his senior year, he could be like this crazy star that everyone praises and we'll have to be shamed by looking back on some of the things we've, as a fan base, have said about Foster. But this kid, this there's no mistake. This kid was like one of the best shooters ever. Until recently, he hasn't looked very confident. And that's all there is to it. I mean, he looked like – if you or I were out there trying to shoot a three. Um, but now he's looking like a person who likes to shoot, you know. Don't leave me open, otherwise I'm going to get you. And that is the whole reason he's on the team. And against Eastern, he wasn't hesitant. He only missed one three. I mean, him playing off the ball with Cassius – He's sitting there on the wing waiting to do what he does best. And forcing him to dribble down the court and make plays against more athletic guards, that might not just that just might not be what his destiny is as a basketball player. What does he do at an exceptional level? It's shooting. And it just felt so right when I was watching it, Ryan. I mean, this is the whole point I'm making. Seeing him waiting out on the wing – waiting for an open shot, and when he get it, he was just banging him. I mean, it looked so – it looked like we had just, like, completed a puzzle. You know, they found a puzzle, and, wow, you know, we finished it finally. It – I couldn't have been more excited just from him playing off the ball with cash. Now, when they're playing together, you know, we're going to have to see if they ever do it in a very meaningful game, um, meaningful game – what the defensive end looks like with those two. But, man, we went from Foster being pretty much just a negative net, you know, letting up points, scoring nothing every game, to Ryan, since we called him out on our inaugural podcast, Foster lawyers average nine points a game. More than good. That is more than good enough for him. It's, it's all you all you need him to do is hit a few shots, come off the bench, and not get completely burned defensively. He doesn't. I never had. He's never going to be a great defender. He doesn't have the athleticism. Does not have the size. As long as he is not getting destroyed on every single defensive possession, I will be more than pleased with him if he can continue to do what he's done the last couple of games. Usually. 
Minus, yeah. minus his defensive stretch in that Northwestern game. Yeah, I mean, that's going to be a work in progress, but you could call back to Cassius was never like a stud on defense. He was a liability. It might not be as like obvious visually, but, um, you know, Foster, he looked like a real weapon. He was, in my opinion, the first real guy on the team – Aside from Cassius, and uh, it's been depending on the night this season, the first guy where when the ball gets to him and he's letting a three go, you're actually expecting it to go in. You know, and that feeling is rare on this team. Even Gabe Brown, you know, is a good shooter, but it's been streaky. He kind of always has been streaky. As of late, Foster, I mean, he's on the season shooting 50%. Over the last couple of games, it's been above 50% from three. And I I just honestly don't think that that's a coincidence. I think he looks more confident. I think that this is what he's always been good at. And um, doesn't hurt that he's been 12 for 12 from the free throw line in the last couple of games. Uh, three games, I should be specific. He's a historically great free throw shooter. He's a historically great shooter. And he wasn't even getting the chance to do those things. And Tom Izzo even said in his postgame that some of it's on them, that um, they need to give him the opportunity to, like, showcase his skill set or use it in its best form. And honestly, I think we might have just seen the beginning of something useful. I I won't use the word special, but very useful for this team. Um, that was my biggest takeaway, which is funny because both Cassius Winston and, and this is a big end, Aaron Henry were good against Michigan State. Uh, sorry, Eastern Michigan. Um, Aaron Henry was a star. Uh, I mean, what do you think? His performance... It was great to see Aaron Henry have a great game because, as we noted, he struggled in the Northwestern game, has been struggling for a little while. But there, were, I know there were a lot of people on Twitter saying, oh, Aaron Henry's not that good. It's, that, was a, that was always a ridiculous take. That was just right in the moment, not thinking ahead, not thinking about last year, just your typical stupid fan take. Uh, no, he was great in this game. I. Uh, both of his three-pointers, uh, excuse me, he went two for four from three. No, he went – yeah, he started two for yep. two. And then when the game was, was well, well done, yeah, yeah, he didn't make them. But um, it's interesting you bring that up because, I mean, over as many games as we have now, the numbers are starting to um, pan out that – Aaron Henry, he's one of the most reliable three-point shooters on the team. This is just a mathematical sort of thing here. If we're looking at it, he's nationally ranked in the top 500. He's at 37%. Um, That's not, you know, like Matt McQuaid-type levels, but it's been looking good. Like, his stroke is clean. It's nothing but net when he hits it. 
It's pretty uh I mean he's out shooting Gabe Brown. His percentage is better than Cassius Winston. You know, um with some sort of volume, it's really Foster Lawyer. And then um Aaron Henry is the two best three point shooters on the team at the moment. And uh you know, I don't the reason I bring this up is how often do you see Aaron Henry, you know, get the ball in a, with a chance to shoot a three, but then he sort of does like a pump fake and drives. Um, he's doing it a lot, but, you know, I think just because of what we're talking about right now, I think the coaches are going to tell him to start taking more shots. And I think he is going to start taking more shots because after hearing that so many times, He's eventually going to let in, right, uh, or let up. Um, but I, I like to bring this up because I feel like if you ask the average Spartan fan, like the shooters on the team, don't you think Aaron would be sort of in the – like he would be lost in the – you know, people wouldn't be naming him first and foremost, right? Right. I mean, who would you if off the top of your head without thinking? I know we're looking at the Ken Bond. The, the best three point shooters on the team. Like, give me best three, but don't think about the numbers. Think about just like if you had to give them a shot to win the game on the team. A shot to win the game. Yeah, uh, uh, Cassius Winston, Gabe Brown, probably Xavier Tillman, even probably before for a three Brown, for three. No, uh, from a three from, from three. three. No, uh, I'd probably actually you know I might actually give that to Aaron Henry. I don't know. Who put third before him? Honestly, that's a good question. Yeah, that's a good point. Um, yeah. Well, I guess you're right. But point is, is I've heard people suggest that you know, oh, he's not really a good three point shooter, but he's working on it. He's not a bad three point shooter either, though. And he's taking 35 threes. You know, at a certain point, he's just like a pretty decent shooter, I think. And then he had that he had that uh, pull up mid range at like the free throw line, that was, you know, because people could take in rhythm standing three point shooters that you practice all day long. He did like a crossover fadeaway pull up from the free throw and drained it. And I was, you know, that's when you realize like, okay, this is the Aaron Henry that we need. This is the Aaron Henry you want to see. This is the pro. Aaron Henry. Simple as that. Um, all of this gets lost. You know, Foster had a great game. Xavier Tillman has been quietly awesome. And, you know, he, he did look kind of rough in that Maui stretch. But then he's come to play since, I think, um, even against Duke. One of the better performances on the team. He's just been solid. Nothing like exceptional, but he's been good enough for them to win those games, right? All of the games since Duke. What do you think? I think I, I really liked Marcus uh, Marcus Bingham played like only eleven minutes at ten points, four for five, hit both of his free throws. I mean, he was. He was a. He had a really good. I thought he had a really good game. Okay, so I'm glad you brought that up because I almost forgot that he started right. Yes, we even talked about this. 
he got taken out pretty quickly. Now, if memory serves correct, he had like sort of a sloppy play where he looked tired and weak. And I can't remember it specifically, but he made a sort of mental error on this play. And I was watching Izzo specifically, and he kind of just says to him, like, what are you doing? Like, what are you thinking? That's what it was basically, what he asked him. And Marcus kind of just walked by him and sat down. And he sat the rest of the half, okay? He, that, that was just, he picked up his second foul and he sat. Right. And it was on, like, a weird, sloppy, goofy play. Um, he looked exhausted, and it was, a, it was sort of like a tired play where you, you know, make a mistake because you're tired. Um, so he, the, but then I believe he started the second half. He did, and in like the, the, you know, a lightning strike. He had ten points, like, like it was nothing. He had that cool, um, alley oop, and uh, you know, he had a cool like reverse finish layup. Which I saw him do stuff like that at Moneyball, so it was the first time I ever saw him do it in like an actual MSU game. That was kind of cool. Um, yeah, you know, if we could get that for a full game, I think it'd be a no-brainer. Marcus Bingham would be the guy, but you can't for whatever reason. I, 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 think, I think it's I think it's a physical thing where he just he's so skinny. I think that's going to be an issue when you. Are facing Big Ten teams for sure. That's one thing I'm definitely kind of worried about is how he's going to stack up against somebody like you know Caleb Wesson or you know somebody like that. That that does kind of worry me about. Mm, yeah, like because he's just. I mean, he's so long, but he's just he doesn't have it. He has like no muscle. And, I mean, he's he's gained muscle since he's gotten to campus, but it's still sprinting. He's, just, he's sprinting skinny. up and down the court, banging against big. Big old guys. He can only do it for little stretches, and then he becomes a liability. Um, we can do Western real quick. I mean, there's really not a lot to say about Western. They are – well, first of all, they're 273 in Ken Palm. Uh, for a comparison, Oakland is 185. Eastern is close to that. Um, Western's not good this year. They, I, I personally know some one who had some money on them this season, so we tuned in and it was ugly. They're not a good team. Um, they lost every good you know team they played against. They're pretty much not. Exceptional at anything, you know, just very mediocre to bad. Um, when it comes to their size, they have very little. MSU is probably just gonna dominate them because you know they've got one six eight junior and then a six eight and six nine freshman. Two of them are freshmen. I mean, MSU is gonna get all the rebounds, dominate the game, probably and hopefully a game that, you know, they 
put a hundred on them and get some shooting, right? Do you have anything that this game should be a blowout, should not be close. This will be one of the worst teams they play all season. So anyway, you guys have a good one. Happy holidays.